Hi everyone, this is Jackie, and today on Never the Empty Nest, we are joined by my longtime friends, Martika and Marirene. Well, they're actually family. Stay tuned. Like a sparrow building shelter with branches for its young, my mother built a nest with love for her little ones. My grandfather told her, doesn't matter what you have, the only thing you each other's helping hands never the emptiness my mother always says spread your wings and fly you can always come back to rest never the emptiness my mother always says wherever you may go to grow this will always be your home hello everybody welcome to never the empty nest i am vanessa and jackie and Nicole. And we have two amazing guests today. Marirene and Marta Trujillo. And what do you guys do? I am a Montessori teacher. That's what I do now. I teach three, four, and five-year-olds. I've been doing that for a long time, 18 years already. And I'm also a mom, a wife, a daughter, and a Cuban American sister. in Miami. <laughs> sister. A sister. A sister. <laughs> a sister to? To Marta. <laughs> Who's here? Hi, my name is Marta Trujillo, and I'm everything that she said, but I don't work as a teacher anymore now. I'm, I'm working with victims of domestic violence and human trafficking, but I was a teacher for 15 years and I have two daughters, another 19 and 22, and that's part of what we do now. That's an intense job. I just heard Taika knocking on the door. So how was everybody's day today before we begin and get into the serious stuff? How was your day, Nikki? Um, fine, you know, a little hectic with the kids as usual, but uh, everything is fine. Mom? She's like, where do I start? <laughs> well, well, for us, it's been wild. Uh, I have a 90-year-old and a three-year-old the full week in our apartment while um, Abu and I are trying to work so it's been very exciting that's my fault like last week um <laughs> and <laughs> next week like last week and next week <laughs> and next um, week and we're we're transitioning between nannies what's happening over here and we also have a family member visiting from Venezuela who's staying at my house and lots of things are happening at the same time so there's a whole lot going on in this house and Taika my son really wants to be in here but it would be very loud if he actually came in okay. and what about you guys well, I'm enjoying my second week of vacation, Ooh. so that's exciting. Uh, so I've been doing things around the house and redecorating a room, painting, all those fun stuff. And um, cooking, you know, like reading, catching up on my reading. So, that's... What color did you paint? Well, actually, I'm helping Valeria, my, my daughter. She's the one remodeling her room, so she painted the room Three different shades of blue. Okay, oh. that's cute. So it's aqua and deep <laughs> like sea the ocean. and whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. And I had a, a boring day too. I'm very glad that I had a boring day. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the dentist and then I Ooh. stayed working from home, but it was quiet. No crisis. And that, that's very welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and, and catching up on a Netflix series. Oh, which one? Manhunt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I haven't, Very seen, good. I haven't seen it. I just saw the the whole Luis Miguel series. <laughs> oh, of course you did. You're the first one to see that. 
So, mom, how did you meet Martika and Marirene? Tell us how we all came to be in this room together. Okay, that was uh, 1999, and I was in international banking at the time. We were getting ready for Y2K. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I also wanted to get ready spiritually for the new millennium. And so we heard that our church in the Grove was having um, this special evening where they invited us. They had all this structure that uh, the Pope had set up for a year of, um, I guess, meditation and preparation for the new millennium. So, and there were, we were millennium. We were going to form communities to share the entire a year. So I go and, and Carlos, my husband, goes and uh, it was supposed to uh, happen uh, organically, right? That uh, spontaneously there's going to be a bunch of people and we were going to start getting into groups there. And so we come in and when the leader and, and, and the priest said, okay, we're going to start getting into groups, psh, everybody <laughs> formed a group. Everybody had either done this before and they had pre-groups. Pre-groups. Or they said, Oh, there's my click, there's my other click. I remember junior high and I said, Oh, middle school now. And so there were three lonely souls, Carlos, myself, and this lady who we just looked at each other and got together and just said, what just happened? I guess we're the group, right? And mm -hmm. says, yeah, yeah. She's the okay. mom who's the matriarch of that nest and that family. And um, and we said, okay. So she said, yeah, let's form. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. The, the three of us says, no, but I have two daughters and their husbands. And let's, let's form this. I said, whatever you want, let's do it. And I said, well, definitely she doesn't have an empty nest, right? Because she was <laughs> bringing in her daughters and her their husbands and anybody she wanted to. So we started sharing. We formed our own community and we got together every week and we obviously started with a structure that was handed to us and then we obviously went on a hundred different tangents, but it was beautiful and I adore all of them. And uh, Marta is a significant other in my life uh, because she, she has built a beautiful nest. And so we still know each other and we're still family and uh, they're a lot of fun too. So to be clear, Marta is Martika and Marirena's mom. Yes. Like you are our mom. Yes. <laughs> also, you gave me Y2K flashbacks. I was like, oh my God, yeah, there was the world was going to end because yeah. there was like New Year's Eve digits missing in the computer. Right. Uh, yeah, that was craziness. And Nikki, you ended up sending your kids to their summer camp. Yes. Uh, well, Lily, because Joaquin was too little. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. You were in Miami. Um, they actually uh, helped a lot with Lily's transition into preschool because Lily was three years ago, three, and we were spending the summer or part of the summer in Miami. And uh, I was nervous about her starting preschool in the fall because she has stayed. She was home with me all day, every day, and she had never gone anywhere. And so I said, oh, my God, I would love for her to go to this summer camp for many reasons. It's all in Spanish so she can work on her Spanish. <laughs> and and obviously it's like they're like family and I can trust them completely because this is the first time I'm letting my baby go somewhere and me not being there. So 
they took her and she was three I didn't even know if she was old enough so I sent them a message and it was great it was really really great and they were so good to her and I am forever grateful for that and anytime I go to Miami in the summer I will be sending them to my family summer camp yeah so tell us how my family summer camp started because you guys run a summer camp apart from everything that they said they did as if it was not enough they also have a summer camp in the summer called my family summer camp which is where what my sister's talking about so how did that start 2003 my youngest was born three months after september 11 and of course we were working women getting out of work at 6 p.m., just having enough time to pick up the children from daycare almost when it was dark. So by the time I would get home, uh, it, would, it would be a quick shower and that's it, put them to bed. I didn't spend much time with, with my children. I decided to make a career change, a drastic career change. I left the county and I was working also in domestic violence back then. And I left all my wonderful benefits and my beautiful office downtown and everything. And I, I started teaching, substituting in different schools. And right away, I was hired as a full-time teacher at my kid's school. So, well, the first two years, I'm sorry, I was just taking care of, of, the, of the kids at home. And I really enjoy that. So after they started pre-K-4, they, they went back to school. I, we realized that we started looking for summer camps. And we didn't like the choices that we found. And we were not very picky. We just realized that there were like warehouses where people would take their children and other people would make sure that they wouldn't get hurt. <laughs> it was like, okay, no, no, nothing new. They wouldn't learn many things. Actually, the things that they would learn were not very <laughs> what I wanted them to learn. They would come back home saying very colorful words. And okay. So we said, I, I, we, I think we can do something better than this. Instead of spending our money, sending them to a school. And, and then we had to deal with a couple of things that we did not like at all. Um, emergencies, where they called us because um, the staff of the summer camp was not supposed to touch the kids. For fear of everything, yes. no, They couldn't go into the bathroom with the children on their own because they fear that then you could sue them for something so it was just too much everything was very rigid and and we said no we have to come up with something a little better so we stayed home i started with my in my house which is, is very small and started with my two daughters and nieces my three and my my sister's three kids and my other sister's daughter we were all teachers we were all free in the summer and a couple of children from close friends 12 children in your house? In our house. Okay. In our living room. I mean, we, and the idea was to, every week we would study a different country and we would bring people to the house to cook. Oh, that's depending awesome. On, depending on the country or belly dancers or, I mean, we okay. did everything. We, we, we did a lot of things. <laughs> but believe it or not, one of the things that they liked the most was the homemade puree. The food that my mom would cook very... Cuban homemade, yeah. you know, yeah. food. That's what they really looked forward to. So that's how it began. And then every year we would have more kids and more children and more children and friends of friends. And we never advertised this anywhere. And then we went to a church. Then we went to the youth center and it continued to grow. And then we went to St. Teresa Catholic School and St. Hugh. And at the end, we, we ended up like with 150 children. Oh my God, is that how much you have now? 
That was the the largest number okay. that we had. Wow, the nest yes. grew. Wow, wow, wow! And you're doing it this summer? Are you doing it this summer too? Last summer we only did a couple of weeks, and it was COVID. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Zoom. We didn't like it that much. And then this year, the, the private schools are still closed, and the the options that we found to rent were it's too soon with the yeah not good deals. We would only work for to pay yeah, the rent, yeah. and it would say no, it's not worth it. What I love about that is writers have a thing. If there's a book that you want to see in the world that, that doesn't exist, you have to mm -hmm. write it. And you guys were like, "Well, there's not a summer camp that exists that I want, so I have to." I make love it. it, and you I just extended that. your nest to <laughs> other mm -hmm. kids. I mean, this is all intertwined. You have your nest, and then you made a nest within the nest, and I love yeah. it. And you, from when you came from I LA, did. you know, Nikki, was that the same year that they were also making fun? of Lily for not speaking Spanish? Mm -hmm. That's when I did Amparo. That was the following summer. She went two summers in a row. So they also really helped with that because... Miami has a prejudice when, when you don't, don't speak, speak Spanish. Spanish. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My my daughter went when I had to, when I um, was acting in the amazing play called Amparo that Vanessa Garcia wrote in Miami. Um, it was a huge success, so it kept getting extended and extended. The play, you know, so I was there for almost six months. I had to, Lily had to because you were starring. In I it. was starring in it, yes. Uh, and so Lily and well, my kids came with me, obviously, and I had to find a, a new school. The last three months of school which was almost impossible mm -hmm. and then and then she went to summer camp uh, and it was uh, really great because they did tease her in school she came home crying one day uh, that they were making fun of her that she didn't know how to speak Spanish and that she didn't or she didn't you know she didn't speak it well this and that and I was like oh god <laughs> it was very interesting yeah I was I mean obviously the Cuban mom I went the next day to complain and I was like who are these children yeah but then but then she went to the Spanish my she went to my family camp summer camp and let me tell you something just from being from yeah it's Spanish. like boot camp Spanish and she was like coming home singing songs and then she would play with her dolls in Spanish and I was like oh my god I was like crying I'm like yes it was happening it was it was yeah. it's amazing it's mm -hmm. and it's it's like an extension of a nest for us too because it's like you want your kids school or summer camp or anywhere you send them to be to for them to feel like they're it's an extension of their own home and nest and they feel safe and they have fun and they feel free you know so it was really really great uh, a blessing really i just want to say an aside that my sister played um the patriot poet jose marti of cuba yes. and la virgen de la caridad <laughs> <laughs> this is that kind of play yeah. um okay anyway but but something that you said about how school is an extension of our nest mm -hmm. or we, we hope it to be yes you guys completely do that because you were just saying that you taught at your kids school and you also do the same marinene right can you tell us that journey because what came first them going to that school or you teaching yeah well i i was before i was a social worker uh-huh And I was uh, working at a dialysis clinic. At the time, I had my, my three girls. And then when it was time for them to go to school, and we started looking for schools, not, not summer camps, schools, when, when the, the oldest ones were three, we were like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, it was, uh, I remember one that impressed us, like, Uh, not in a good way. It was like a bunch of uh, high chairs, like really to the wall, like this. Boom, 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 boom. And we would imagine our girls uh, sitting in the high chairs for hours or something. I don't know. It was like a, maybe something that we didn't expect. I don't know. It was a shocking 
experience. And then we walked into a Montessori school and we were like, the same thing. Oh my God, this is what I want. This is what it should be in a good way. Oh my God, in a good way. Yeah. You know, good way. And then I fell so much in love with Montessori that I, I've been, I was dealing at the time with picking up, uh, picking something to do my master's degree. And I said, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. So I found the master's program at Barry University. I went there. I took it. Thank God my husband helped a lot with the three little girls. At the time I, compl- I was working and completing this intense oh uh, master's degree on weekends. Oh I don't know. Oh something they did. Crazy. So finally we did it. I did it. And then I, a professor at the master's program was actually consulting at this school that was right behind, like five minutes from my house. I had no clue that that school existed in Miami. So she said, listen, they're looking for an assistant. Why don't you go there and apply? And since I needed to make a switch from a career, it was like, okay, what do I do? I went there and I've been there for the past 19 years. So at first I started working there. It just happened to be a school for girls. I have three girls. So it just... It was just uh, a godsend, a perfect plan for me. So they go to the school that you teach at. So they went to the same school, and um, that's how our academic journey or, you yes. know, scholar journey was uh, together always in the in the school. What did you like about, I mean, I love Montessori. That's what I'm putting taken. What did you like about Montessori as a system, I guess, for, for kids? Well, definitely the freedom. I mean, you do see an environment that invites the kids to go around and roam around and have everything at their level and they can pick up something and it's not like, don't touch that or don't do this. And it's kind of like whatever you have in there is inviting for them to get and to manipulate and to build and to touch and to feel. So that was definitely to the to the eyes of the person that doesn't know anything Montessori. It's kind of like that freedom, that in invitation to to learn then you learn everything else Mm -hmm. yeah i just went to visit uh the school where my son is going to go to which is a montessori and i remembered i went to montessori my sister went to montessori and uh the flashback of having all the little things down down at your level the the tiny the doorknobs are low so i guess the the teachers (laughs) (laughs) when i took lily to visit montessori because lily goes to montessori here in la i was it's insane (laughs) how i mean sense memory too i walked in to see the school and i remembered all the materials i'm like oh my god the beads and this and that i was like whoa that is crazy (laughs) that i remember all these things but uh, what's interesting about montessori is it's a controlled freedom right it's freedom yeah yet you go in you would think that's chaos and the more freedom they have it's like they i i was amazed at how quiet they were and just sitting there and their own little things and learning and picking their things and it's just amazing you go to another school and it's like ah! yeah. you know at least the three-year-old's yeah. classroom it's interesting because with both of you i was thinking about how your nests and work are so intertwined and then i was thinking about you martika and how with this job that you have now and that you had then before which is i mean you just said human trafficking abuse victims how do you not bring it home or do you bring it home what happens in that like how what is that like i mean i used to bring it home and this is that that was one of the reasons why i after 11 years and after having my kids i started doing my job in a different way and i didn't like it started affecting me in a way that it didn't affect me before i used to see 
the the clients and their problems from a distance. And when I had my kids, any kid who would cry in the office, I thought it was my own. And I, I said, no, if, if, I, if I'm going to act like this, I, I can't do it. That's one of the reasons why I left. And, and I was so tired mentally and everything that I, I just wanted to get home. And, and I would pray that they were tired enough to just take a shower and go to bed. And now, because you went back to it. I remember, because it takes a village, I had a friend uh, who is a therapist. And I remember she used to tell me, now your children need you physically. You need to be there. You need to be present. Later on, you're going to see, they're going to go to college. They're going to need your money. <laughs> they're going to need your support, but they're not going to need you physically so much. Then you do whatever you want to do. And, and exactly like that, it happened. As soon as my daughters graduated and went to college, I felt like I was ready to go back. I, I could, again, work and, and stay late and, and give more of myself without feeling that I was failing my my daughters or the time that they needed me but I I was very happy and financially it took a toll a big toll in my retirement and everything but I was able to take them to girl scouts to gymnastics to whatever it is that they wanted to do I was able to have the time and drive them to volleyball games and and that's something that I wanted to do I have friends who are great mothers and they decided never to do that. They, they stayed with their jobs and they found people to do that for them, you know, friends and other support system. But I wanted, I wanted to be the one doing it. I would suffer paying someone else to take care of my children or to take them to games or to do things with them that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's how I went back. It's All a different, yeah. <laughs> different life now. Is it an emptiness? Yes. Well, I felt the, the, the gap, the void of space when they left. Gabriela left the, to go to the dorm at FIU. <laughs> what a waste of money. But I said, you know what? It's a wonderful idea. You're kind of going to be far, but not really. But it was, it was good. It was three years where she learned to be on her own and she liked it. And Leticia, of course, you know, she didn't buy FIU. She went to New York. <laughs> so, yes, you feel, of course, the, the space. The, it was traumatic. That's why the other day I was looking at, at, a, at, a, at the book that your sister-in-law wrote. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Moms, Happy Kids. We're going to have them on the show, actually. Good, I'm, I'm buying that book. It's a little <laughs> late, but I'm, I'm hoping to teach my daughters the lesson. Because I, that's one of the things that I think I, I really, I, I got too involved. To the point that you almost forget who you are. Oh, you're yeah. living through your kids. And of course, when they leave, you're like, what do I do now? I fear that's going to happen to me too. Uh, even though you have a lot of things that you, you know what you yes, like. It, you yes, know. yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's important. I think it's important for them to see that you have a life. Yeah. And that you have your priorities and you love them, but still you need time for yourself. Yeah. Those boundaries I lost on the yeah. way. So it feels good going back to work, I imagine, now at the, where you are now. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy. I've, I always yeah. liked what I did, but I knew it, it took a lot from me and I wasn't ready to, to give that much back then. Um, but I'm, I'm very happy being back, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that book, Happy Mom, Happy Kid, my, my sister-in-law wrote that and she will be on the show. So that's going to be a fun little intro. 
For me, one of the things with Marirene that always sticks with me is that my mom would talk about it. I think my sister and I were like, oh, they have such a good love story of how you guys met uh, you and your husband. And uh, you want to intro that, mom, and then let her talk about it? Because you would, my mom told it to us. When we created our, our community, right? You were recently married. And the first girls were months. They, they were there in their little Moises. How do you say that? in Their bassinet. When I found out how Marinene married Victor, she this woman was willing to go and live in a third world country. She'll she'll I'm not gonna steal her thunder. Yeah, yeah, let her tell the story. Okay. <laughs> and um and it was really amazing. Not only because of what she did, but because she was in an environment in her home with her mom and her siblings that supported that. It's actually a message of freedom and uh, and support uh, to to an extreme. So tell us the story of Victor. <laughs> okay, let me try to summarize that story. Actually, Valeria says she wants to write a, a book. She's asking me, Mommy, can I read your letters? Those letters you have saved oh, there. Oh, I like, love it. Later. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> The story is that we we knew each other. I mean, our families knew each other from when we were little in Cuba. They're Cuban, we're Cuban, and like all many, many, many Cuban families, they were we, we were all separated from our original nest and our neighborhoods and the families and the people that we grew up with. Mm -hmm. So that's what she's going to explain. There's a lot of separation in in the stories, right? We grew up in Cuba. And we grew up in church. I mean, it's, it's who we are. We were a Catholic family. And when the revolution strikes, my mom and my dad are very committed Catholic youth, very active in their community in something that they called a, a, a big movement that was La Juventud Obrera Católica and La Juventud Estudiantil Católica. So they were like leaders in that movement, but they were in their 20s, right? Now, my mom and Victor's mom were very good friends. We can say they were best friends, right? We have pictures of them with the pregnant, you know, like at the same time. They, they knew each other from when they were dating. They weren't even married. They were like with their boyfriends and they would make trips to the beach or vacation together. And they have all these stories every time they, they used to get together. So when the revolution strikes and things get hard on Catholic people and they are they start being accused of conspiracy and things like that, then that group of Catholic committed people got very, I don't know, isolated, I would say, because there was a lot of uh, persecution and well, but that was the, the way we grew up already that was established already, that small community was uh, like that, small and isolated. Can I just interject for the audience that doesn't know Cuba? So, you know, we think church and we think this very like, oh, homegrown, like big, but in Cuba, it was, you couldn't be Catholic. I mean, you couldn't have religion, right? For the revolution, it was, it was something that you couldn't do. So it was actually pretty radical and subversive. And actually it's linked to a lot of activism. So the group becomes smaller, right? And yeah, so that's kind of like to give the audience an idea of it was isolated, but that meant that it was very intimate. Yeah. So by saying that my mom and, and those groups, those marriages, those uh, couples with their families, their young kids, 
were all in that church, and we were part of that initial teenage group, you know, pre-teens, because I left Cuba when I was 14. And I was in that group with Victor and with my brother and my sisters and, and all the other kids that we still know that are not kids anymore. <laughs> so I, my, my parents were prisoners because of one of those uh, conspiracy groups of whatever, and they were called the Catholic cause. And they were prisoners. Why am I saying this now? Well, because that's the reason why we left Cuba. At some point, they receive a visa, and there's a program for ex-prisoners that we can leave Cuba, and that's how we get separated. So they were politically political imprisoned. Political prisoners. Politically yes. imprisoned, right? Yeah, they were political prisoners for their beliefs. Yeah. I was 14 years old, and uh, we left Cuba under those circumstances to Venezuela. That's where we got the visa for, and we went all as a family. We went to Venezuela, so I, we, we stopped seeing Victor stayed in Cuba. And I did not go back to Cuba until like 15 years later for the first time with my mom to accompany her because she was going to visit her aunt and some old cousins and family members that we had there. That's the, re the encounter again with Victor, like who I knew from all my childhood and my teenage, preteen years. And then now I'm, I see him again when I'm 29 And I already live in Miami. And then we have this encounter of the, you know, like, uh, oh, boof. Yeah, you can hear like oh, fireworks. <laughs> exactly. So it was kind of, it was very uh, exciting, intriguing for me. Because imagine all the emotions of going back to your homeland. It's everything coming back to you at once. Plus the your first love or your first attraction or your first, the first person that you had this idea with. And, uh, and then we had uh, this great conversation. Uh, I remember he was taking me to the country town where he used to work and, and live uh, just to visit <laughs> Al Campo Al Monte. And I remember my mom telling me, you can't go with him, Marinene. And then I said, uh, I'm, I'm going. <laughs> so then he took me there to show me the place where he used to work and with the, the animales allá and horses and uh, all kinds of animals. And then he told me, how come you haven't married? Because you, you were always the ideal girlfriend to me in my, in my thoughts. And so it was a very platonic conversation. And we both had kind of like parallel lives uh, at that moment. But it was like a shocking question. Like, uh, so what now? What, is this even going to happen? Can something happen here? And then I said, well, I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow. Like it was a moment of, okay, this is nice. I'm visiting. This is very intense and romantic and whatever, but I'm going to a different world. It took me 15 years to come here. So, well, to make the story short, because I, I will take forever, we started writing and phone calls and one thing led to the other and all the obstacles seemed to disappear. My family knew his family and knew him, and I never encountered anything but support from my family, my sisters, my mom. Everybody was on board from day one, knowing that Victor was, uh, something was going to happen. 
And then we started praying to St. Francis. I was just going to tell you, the saint, no. We went to Washington Heights to pray to Mother Cabrini for a miracle because she was in charge of the immigrants, we were told. So we went through the right channels. And we we were (laughs) praying that that the visa would go through. And and a year after that, after she started all the the documents and all that, he was here. So it it was really a miracle. But you missed a step. While all of that, that is said very quickly, imagine going through, you know, obstacle through obstacle through obstacle and the saint being there apparently all the time. But she was willing, if it didn't work out, she was going to go to Cuba and live with Victor over there because she married. Where did you get married? When I came back from that first trip that I said, okay, yes, uh, let's do this. And we started talking and writing and, and on the phone and everything. Mind you, he didn't have a phone. He had to bike from the El Monte to the house where a friend will let him use the phone, like sometimes three hours biking, because forget oh about God. transportation or anything that would be on time. And to think there are people ghosting people, <laughs> you know, like on yeah. text. So he would bike to get there at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning, because that would be the time that it would ring. And then I ring and never, ever, never. It was never an obstacle because it was raining or there was a thunderstorm. Never. He was always there for the phone call at the right time on the right moment. And that was amazing. But I went to Cuba then 10 months after that first trip with my wedding dress, my mom, my brother's violinist. And we married in our church where we used to be had the preteen group and uh, our first communion and our baptism and where our parents got married, actually, in that same church. So that we still uh, have connections with that church. I mean, like, we, we stay in touch. My sisters couldn't go. Let me tell you, this is another Mother Cabrini thing. My sisters sent their passports via Panama because my brother-in-law at the time had... Right, friends in Panama, and they they were able, because Panama had relations with Cuba, and they were going to be able to to work the passports. Since I had gone to Cuba already, I was doing it through one of these agencies here in Hialeah. So I took my passport, my brother, because he was not going to do it himself, and my mother, because I had them. So I said, oh, I'll do this now. Those were the only three that could go. So it, it got complicated. So even even that obstacle just like disappeared for us. Like we were able to to do it, but they were not able to come. Yeah, those were times where it was a lot harder to go to Cuba. And you mentioned uh, your, your brother who is a violinist. I feel like music is part of this nest big time, <laughs> right? Yes, yes. They I like, sing and play their instruments through everything. <laughs> yes. Every time I've gone to your house, there's music. Can you talk about that? I asked my mother why she introduced us to music. Yes, Cuba is a different world. Yeah. So in Cuba, it's not like here, that you study music or ballet or whatever as a hobby. In Cuba, whatever you start, it's a career. And, it, and you have to be the best, and they do not... I let you start in a school unless you are good and they do a bunch of tests. And so in our hometown, Camaway, there was a school, a music school, and that was like the best school. And of course, parents wanted the best for their children. My mom took us there and thankfully we, we were musically inclined, <laughs> so we passed the test and, and we started going to that school. And I, I think that everything started there. We all... 
loved, you know, even though it was very strict, we learned to play the piano and then we learned to love music. And from then on, even though my brother was the only one who continued professionally, it was, I don't know, it opened doors to, it was an outlet also for our feelings and, and, and our get-togethers. Everyone had to play something and everyone had to speak another language. There was, those were the rules. Everyone had to speak Spanish in, in our house and everyone had to play something, even if you didn't like it, an instrument. <laughs> so it was always very happy whenever we would get together. It still is. It still is, yes. I want to ask them a question because obviously they have this incredible nest, right? And they are very much like us. I mean, it's not good, it's not bad, it is what it is. They, they are what I believe is an enmenched family where they're very close, but they also get into each other's business. And, and when I say business, it's lives and everybody has an opinion and et cetera, et cetera, right? I want to ask them if being the teachers that they are, uh, they obviously, I think, took some kind of survey with their siblings and asked them the pros and cons of living in this nest, okay, in, in this uh, enmeshed nest. So take it from there. Well, when we came, since our, our kids are older now and we don't want to be speaking for them because in case they hear this podcast, we want to be loyal to the truths uh, of everybody. We, we felt compelled to ask them today. We text them quickly, Martika did. Okay, tell us, how was your experience? In your, in your experience. That's amazing. Being in the summer camp, tell us a little bit how did that impact your life and what are the pros and cons of having being in the summer camp for so long because they grew up with us. Imagine when we first started, our oldest were five years old and now they are out of college. They graduated already. So, and we were doing it. We haven't done it because of the pandemic for two years, but every year from then they were working in the summer camp. These are all cousins. I mean, two, two here, Three over there, two so over there, the two over there. Of the f they're four siblings. Okay, so these cousins have been raised as siblings. Yeah. So yeah. they're in each other's yeah. lives all the time, and the <laughs> aunts and say? and so now they're gonna tell us. I'm gonna start with my daughter Gabriela. She said that the summer camp gave her a chance to practice her Spanish in an environment where she could be criticized, wouldn't be criticized. Sorry. And also gave her the chance to be close to her family, allowing her to be comfortable. And the downside, she says the only downside she experienced was not being able to develop and meet others outside the view of family. And you know what that means, right? A hundred chaperones at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> she was never able to have a summer love. She couldn't have a victor. No, no. <laughs> and... Um, Yes, Victoria. I wanted to read Victoria because she she was very uh, quick in answering today. Really, they have. I just want to say that they have a whole like. There's like five pages of what their kids told them. It's amazing that they're bringing their voice into this. It's actually <laughs> Such beautiful. I love it. Let me find Valeria. Let me find Victoria. This is my my brother's daughter, Mar. She said the pros the pros that she found. She learned responsibility early on. Our family grew together and was tight-knit, guaranteed money, community service hours, and it was fun. And the cons, she says that it was difficult to leave the summer camp to pursue other options. Because remember, we did this for 18 years. 
And she says, working with family has its own set of challenges. It's easier to take things more personally. And expectations were set high and disappointment from family is harder to receive than disappointment from strangers. Mm, That's true. That's true. My daughter, Victoria, said we were able to improve Spanish, make new friends, earn our own money, learn value of money for work. But also as a volunteer, it gave us a greater understanding of the community by interacting with new families every day, every week, stayed super active, running around all day, practiced leadership skills and service skills. And then she says she uh, we got to unplug and be present and have fun, which we would not have done without the summer camp. A lot of my friends only stayed home and watched TV for the summer. So and the cons, she said, working with a constantly stressed family. That means <laughs> intense. And she puts a lot of heart into her heart. heart. It's uh, intense. You know how intense we can, we yes. can be on top of yeah, each other. Yeah, they're very intense. But I'm just going to say this. My sister became ill. And so we don't see each other every day. Um, and, and we talk from time to time. But in the special moments of our lives, at least I can say that, they've always been there. So my sister was ill. She had to have surgery. And they and I told them, you know, pray for her. Uh, thankfully, she's fine. This was over 10 years ago, so pray for her. And immediately, I remember telling, I think, Marirene first and Victor, and then you guys. And, and, and I remember Victor saying, so what can we do? I said, well, just pray and pray. Uh, no, no, but what can we do? Because, you know, they put love into action. And I said, let me think about it. Let me think about it. And I said, well, you know, this was a project that they had sort of on the table, but with all this that happened, my sisters, I would love for my sister to come back to a freshly painted house and clean and organized. So when she comes back, it's something bright and happy. And they immediately said, yes, of course. When do you want to do this? I said, well, when can you do it? And and here I am thanking them. And they're saying, no, 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 we thank you because you have given us, and these were their words, and I'll never forget, you have given us an opportunity to serve. And the whole nest came in. (laughs) All the siblings, the kids, the husbands, Every, even the violinist. <laughs> I remember that. Without the violin. Everybody came in, and in a, in a day's time, they painted that entire house inside in a beautiful yellow, and I don't remember what other color, and the door. And when my sister came back from the hospital, she was so surprised, and it felt so good. So um, I love the full circle. Today you painted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Today you painted your daughter's room <laughs> blues and you were talking about that story. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That is an act of love. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we end there in that little... Well, I, mean, I, I would like maybe a few more minutes to hear more of the pros and cons. Okay, so we'll hear Valeria, Vanessa, Camila. They all answer that, of course, they practice their Spanish. It was time to be with the family. Time. T- it was their first job experience. And they value that, right? And they learned about different countries and all that. But my mom's feedback was, I, I think it was really good. It said that the, the pros that she saw it was that it was the answer, the summer camp was the answer to a real need. What could our children do in the summer? Then there was this deep-rooted feeling that our culture and our family, as a part of that culture, had a lot to offer to this community. 
and that most Latin American families want their children to practice Spanish and be acquainted with our heroes and famous writers and poets and musicians. And that's something that we could do, that we were able to bring to our community. And the cons, she said that, of course, wherever there is art, uh, the lack of entrepreneurial skills <laughs> prevented, <laughs> prevented yeah. us to secure a building for a project. So we were like gypsies every year moving from one place to the other. Exactly. But you got a lot of good views. <laughs> you know, yes. our sister-in-law also like coming from her. I, I thought it was very, very nice. She said to be able to to work as a family. She realizes she's a piano teacher and a teacher for many years, and she says that every time she goes to other schools or other camps, she realizes how amazing the, our project was because it was really, I mean, to be able to work together with the family, that was actually something that we can value always. I think it's, even with the cons that I think everybody, uh, all the all the nieces and, 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 and our daughters kind of like uh, coincide yeah. in the fact of the intensity of the family and uh, the overwhelming uh, expectations that we had. We set the, ba the bar high. And of course, who do we expect this from if it's not from our own They have to be the ones, you know. Uh, so, of course, that's going to be hard. Like being the teacher at your kid's school. Mm, yeah. yeah. I'm sure they are going to follow your lead and be just as intense. Yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. sure. The, you always you know, become the, your mother in some way or, or another. The beautiful thing here uh, for me, right, is that I get to, and I knew that this was the case, but because I've lived among them, right, that it, this works, And it doesn't mean that it's right or it's better than anything else, but that this thing really works, that you can work with family, that, that, that it, if, you know, with the right players and the right family, uh, it, can, it can work. We're super grateful to have you, have had you on the yes. show. Thank you so much. So I great. don't blame Valeria for wanting to read the letters. <laughs> That seems amazing. The yeah, there's going to be a book for sure or something. She's going to do something. Or a movie. Uh, but thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. I'll be here to cheer you on. That's a mother's Success, she says, all the great things ahead. I'll be here when it's time to see you again. And if you fall, she says, if someone breaks your heart, I'll mend your wounds in this nest of ours till you're ready to depart.